and welcome back to Learn It From a Layman. No, we did not die. Shut your face, Carl. We're all tired of listening to you. You see yourself out of this podcast right now. <laughs> Carl, that was way too polite a response, considering what I said. Uh, there, so, any, any response to you at any time is more polite than you deserve. So. Ouch, that's rude. <laughs> Try to down and think about this logically. What's the best way to resolve this? Punch. Punched him in the face. What if what if we changed our podcast topic and from what we were gonna talk about to boxing. Yeah, and um yeah to to talking about how and when to be polite or not. Hmm. Or what if that was going to be our original topic? Well quit making stuff up, Carl. I don't know. If it was or wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So Tim apparently is starting to fight back against my verbal spurs at the beginning of every podcast. So, well, I just saw an opportunity considering our topic to, you know, illustrate our topic and simultaneously. Tim, beginning of, of every podcast is supposed to start with me making fun of you or generally making some dig. And at- it's in my contract. <laughs> exactly. What am I paying you for? <laughs> Okay. All right. So, uh, so the the topic of this podcast will be uh, should I be polite and how? Um, and we're going to just discuss um, some different scenarios in which uh, you might wonder how to be polite, or if you should be polite, or uh, different scenarios where you might find yourself uh, against uh, dealing with people that are not um, and how to react. So. Um, yeah, I think I think that's where we start. So, uh, Cameron, did you want to start with uh, maybe some an, an anecdote about um, politeness? Well, as someone who is required to be polite for their job, regardless how agitated a guest or customer is, I feel that I sometimes am slighted to what I would like to say to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> contractually obligated to not curse um, at your customers, I think. so. Well, I, I I will throw this out there. I do feel that if I actually do get angry and let a guest or a customer see that, I feel that I've actually lost mm. in every situation because as long as I can keep a clear head and stay calm, I can often control the situation better. That's a good yeah, that's a good point. Tim? I, I think that Cameron's getting really at, at the core of it. Um, politeness is actually a tool and and a skill that Don't allows stop the, you... To... Stop the name calling, Tim. Oh <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, forgive me. I'm just a naturally rude person. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm not a fool or a robot. <laughs> that's right. But, but it allows you to maintain control of a situation. I'll, I'll add something more to that. I think in almost every case, rudeness serves only the person who is being rude. If you're actually trying to improve a situation, um, you're not going to be rude. If, if you're resorting to, you know, impoliteness in its many forms, 
you're doing so because either one, you've given up on the situation or two, you are indulging in a desire to vent your own emotions um, to the detriment of the situation and to other people involved. If you can't tell, I'm a major fan of politeness. I'm going to throw a third one in there for you. Um, that they have been conditioned that depending on how rude they are, they will actually receive some sort of compensation. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so I think both of you so far, though, are only talking about um, being rude or slash impolite in a um, in a manner where you are doing it uh, aware of the situation, uh, you know, self-aware of, of how you're acting. I think a lot of scenarios you actually find people being impolite or rude because they're, either their culture is different or they're not familiar with the particular situation and what the expectations are in that situation. Um, so I think a lot of other things come into play as far as, uh, you know, when um, if you grew up in a family that, uh, and, and in some cases it's, it's, still can be rude it's not like you're necess- it's all up to perception but um but yeah like for example cameron you work at a hospital you know at a, at a hotel and uh is you know some people i believe uh, grow up thinking that they're very entitled to um particular uh level of service and or you know niceties and and if they don't receive it then it is more incumbent on them to let everyone know that you know this isn't living up to expectations and you need to fix it not that they're necessarily being uh rude per se but they're they're you know it is their job to let you know that you're not doing your job or something along those lines <laughs> which you know so we all mutter about those people oh, yeah <laughs> um I have met many a, a, a individual that has let me know that I have failed them or the hotel has failed them and by which I have now failed them. And because I am the, their only point of contact sometimes at that it is my, my fault, my problem, and I need to fix it. Right. Uh, many a situation I can't actually fix it. Um, right. Where I originally thought you were actually going to go with this, I would, thought you were going to be like in some families like you can reach across the table and grab an item of food and that's there totally, is that as well totally yes. accepted versus other families that would be you know a very gross taboo right right well yeah, yeah exactly and and the idea of you know talking over someone just noise level and just the way you uh you know what you meet each other do you handshake is it just hi is it a hug is it uh, you know those types of things can be awkward and or seem impolite if you are kind of a standoffish type of person and the other very you know it's like the big my big fat greek wedding type of scenario and you don't know what you know what do you mean you don't eat no meat <laughs> Exactly. Okay. I'm clap. <laughs> yeah, and so I know in my, uh, you know, in my life, and I think this is, you know, Tim's job also can give us good insight to it. Like, so you know, we expect people that interact with Cameron and his job, to hopefully, mostly be kind of adult, and so we have this expectation that if they're being jerks to Cameron, that's because they're jerks, right? Not be, uh, because they're being rude, they're being impolite, and they're choosing to do that. And in some cases, I'm sure that's the case, and they should control themselves. But um, I think. You know, in Tim's scenario where he's a teacher and he has a lot of students that are just oblivious, right? They're they're just immature. They're just they have no 
uh, they've never been taught to be polite. They've never had the uh, the schooling on wh- what you say to your your you know your elders and how you speak uh, to uh, those in authority. And so they you know they feel like they can talk back. And and so my, my belief is generally those some of those kids never grow up. Right? They never get that instruction. They never get that uh, that ability to handle a situation in in what's you know viewed generally as a polite way um and so uh, i think it's uh well, something that helps me when i meet someone that's incredibly rude is i try to like understand where they're coming from um and understand that they probably aren't here to like be mean and rude and hate me um, never, I think there's someone's razor. I, I learned about this recently. It's never attribute to malice what you can attribute to stupidity. Um, <laughs> and so, like yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll have to look up whose razor that is before the end here. Anyway, but the idea is that, you know, like if there's, uh, if, if you can say, okay, this person's just uneducated and generally unintelligent, uh, then you, it's easier to, to deal with that than it is to be this person hates me and they're being a jerk and I want to punch them, you know? And, and that's, that I think is a neat, that's a, a mental trick you can do to kind of, um, synthesize patience, right? You, you know, and, and it's funny because uh, ironically you're, you're assuming a superior kind of a condescending stance. Uh, and sometimes it's, I, it's my, sometimes it's my go-to. With, Sorry. The what? I, that's my go-to. I, I always just assume I'm better. So. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, naturally. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Yeah. See, but I you know, and, and sometimes it's the same level as me. So that's interesting. I always feel the people are the same level as me. Same intelligence. Grew up with the same knowledge. You know. Have same you know background, general you know general knowledge things. See, Carl assumes he's superior. That's interesting. <laughs> well, and in in Carl's defense, I think there are numerous cases where you can justifiably kind of make that um, assumption. You know, if, if a kid's being rude to you, you you can. I mean, this sounds harsh, but you can assume okay that that kid is is still growing up and still learning and and hasn't matured and will eventually. You know, and I've actually seen this happen where kids who are, you know, exquisitely rude and uh, and belligerent, you know, who have gone on to become very nice, decent um, adults, you know, they figure things out. And so you you kind of have that thought in your mind. It, it gives you some patience with um, and some perspective on a situation that otherwise would really rub you wrong. Um, so yeah, I think that's a yep. useful, a useful tool to have uh, again, being careful how we, how we use that. I, I think there could be times if I, if I encounter an adult who say, say a, um, you know, a, a vagrant on the street who, who is rude to me somehow, I, I could employ that technique and be like, oh, well, he's just, uh, you know, some vagrant, blah, 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 doesn't, uh, doesn't have as genteel of, uh, you know, culture as I do. And I could, you know, unfairly maybe judge that person who perhaps had, you know, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, a severe mental illness or something and, you know, things that I don't know about. So I'd say apply judiciously. Yeah. So let me, let me take two things. First of all, it's Hanlon's razor. 
So never attribute to malice that which is adequate. Darn it, I was going to claim it before you looked it up. But, uh, <laughs> okay, secondly, to uh, to clarify, I guess, I don't necessarily see it as viewing, looking down on the person, but like viewing another culture is, is the way I guess I look at it more like. Um, oh, okay, not, I see. Not that, that I'm somehow better than they are, um, but that like what I view as rude and mean and uh, full of malice is in their world, in, in their culture, um acceptable in some way and so uh it's not necessarily that i'm i think that i'm somehow their their superior but more that i'm i'm getting a window into you know what they believe and what they feel by um by seeing their their behavior and so i can uh then kind of adjust my expectations accordingly uh and and so yeah not necessarily putting myself on a higher plane but at least uh better understand where they're coming from I see. Kind of, kind of an assumption check. Like, hey, wait a second. Let me, uh, right. l- let me pause and consider. Okay. Yeah, and that could be tough. Cool. I mean, yeah. Generally, like, to... sorry. Go ahead, Cameron. Uh, I was going to say. So, like, some cultures, it's perfectly acceptable to be extremely direct, whereas in America, that may come off rude, being right. overly direct. Like, this uh-huh. was really crappy work. Why did you turn this in? You know. Versus in, in America, it would be like, this isn't your best. Let's do this again. Right. I assume, yeah, that, that is true. And I, I think we, we can understand that across, like, country boundaries or language boundaries. We see, we understand that, you know, different countries handle things differently. And so we give foreigners kind of this uh, this pass, like this mulligan as far as saying, okay, they just do it differently. Whereas, you know, Americans, we kind of assume this monolithic um, understanding of, of politeness. And I don't think that's always the case. You know, if you grew up in a, in a household where, um, you know, as a single mother, she's out working all the time and, you know, you just didn't get the opportunity to spend a lot of time at the dinner table discussing, you know, politeness and whatever else, um, you know, it's just not something that, that was, uh, in your, in your life growing up, that then it's not something you internalized. And so you're going to have a different reception different way that you act to um situations and uh and you know uh, there are lots of different scenarios where people are going to act differently and like i said if you don't if you go in assuming that they are full of malice towards you and that this impoliteness Mm -hmm. is uh of 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 volition you know that that this is volitional they're looking at you and thinking i hate this person then then you've lost control of the situation yeah you've you've certainly lost uh, potential to connect with the person at any level and and um but if you uh, can assume um okay they you know this isn't a a situation where um i understand where they're coming from but i can at least understand that that, that this is uh they probably don't hate me they just don't know this this situation isn't being handled in the way that i would assume that it should be yeah and and let me give one example to kind of demonstrate how i think this can play out and how how this kind of this approach that you're talking about can be employed and you you mentioned how in education sometimes we deal with rude individuals rude students or whatever um sometimes educators can become really jaded or or people observing you know kids being really mean and nasty and um you know really question the (laughs) the the decency or common courtesy of these students and i think one thing that helps to process this is to understand the 
power dynamic that's going on. Um, when when you understand the the dynamics at play, it can explain a lot of behaviors. For example, in in a school, it's a it's an authoritarian structure in a, in a lot of ways. Kids are told what to do, where to go, and and how to act. And while most kids recognize that this is a benevolent authoritarian structure, you know, we're, we're doing it to help them learn and create a learning environment. Um, a lot of times uh, kids respond to that authoritarian structure with resistance. They they don't like being told what to do. Perhaps they have, um, for whatever reason, they don't trust the system or the people running the show. And so they engage in resistance, which translates a lot of times into rudeness, um, either over or you know covert kind of passive aggressive stuff um, when you think about that um, if you if you translate to that mindset you recognize that these are behaviors that we often um, extol in individuals in other situations for example a, a prisoner of war in Nazi Germany um, you know we would you know engaging in in passive aggressive resistance against prison guards and that kind of thing you know that well that's honorable that's good to do they're resisting um, and that doesn't mean they're a rude person but they're acting out in to, to resist a situation they view as unjust or unfair or unwarranted. Um, when our students do it in schools, I, I'm, no, I'm in no way condoning it, but recognizing that a lot of students are responding to the authority structure with this same kind of resistance helps to explain that they're not a bad person. Um, and in fact, this is often a reason why students, once people get out of school, they turn into like decent, <laughs> well-behaved and, and contributing citizens because they're no longer resisting this um, authoritarian structure. So anyways, when you step back and look at the dynamics and kind of ask yourself, not only what's the background of this person, but also how are they perceiving this interaction it, it helps to explain a lot of times rudeness that otherwise would just be interpreted as this jerk is, you know, you know, that he just flipped me off. What? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but wouldn't that stem back to even when they get older and enter into the adult community, if they encountered another like authoritative boss, wouldn't they then revert back to their subversive methods? That, I think that's a good point. I, and you do see, you know, they talk about the, the school to prison pipeline where, you know, one of the one of the critiques of of, you know, public education is that um, a portion of our population is essentially groomed to, um, you know, to, to live a life of um, in, you know, in the prison system and whatnot. So I, I think that does happen. I think it, part there's other factors at play, of course, large socioeconomic, cultural, um, and and so forth factors. Um, so again, it's not all; it's just attributable just to that that resistance to authority thing, and and some kids are more successful at turning it off than others. Probably a lot of it depends on on what they're seeing in other parts of their community, if. Um, you know, if this kid sees the the role model and role models in this kid's community are are living in accord with the power structures in the greater society, then they'll probably end up following suit. 
if role models they see in their community are not, then maybe they won't. Again, that's a gross oversimplification, but I don't know. Just shooting from the hip. Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit it pretty well there. But I would also, I mean, I think we all can also say that we've all had a friend or someone that we've known that have always been like, man, every boss I have sucks and is always getting on me. I think we all have a friend like that as well, you know, one that never grew up out of, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think yeah. What, um, what uh, one one essentially what you're saying, especially when you're looking at like when you're saying that these uh, these kids and uh, adults as well, um, you know, look at their role models and or their heroes and kind of. Uh, so I mean, we have goals, right? We essentially we um, if you in order to uh, talking, I guess now about more like how how do you be polite? Um, you got to consider what you want to achieve, right? And that, that has a lot to do with, you know, if you're going to look up the people that are doing what you want to do, um, or at least in a way that you want to do it, or, you know, some something, um, and you know, that you can uh, aspire to. Uh, so you're going to have goals that you want to achieve. Um, and so when you consider those goals in any situation, right, in any, so take it from the macro to the micro, um, look at any situation where you come across um, interactions, uh, be it at the dinner table, be it at a workplace, be it at school, um, and you have to consider, okay, what, what are we trying to achieve here? Because, you know, uh, politeness takes on different forms, right? Um, being always the one that's quietly sitting in the corner isn't always polite, right? Um uh, that can be also viewed as kind of reclusive and, and uh, it can be snooty or it can be, um, you know, there are a bunch of ways that it can be interpreted. But so you got to consider your goals. What are you there for? What are you trying to achieve? Um, and then you observe how other people are interacting. I think that's a big part of it. You know, when you start a new job uh, in order to figure out where uh, and how people interact and what, what is viewed as, as polite and what is viewed as you know positive uh, is you you observe you figure out okay this is kind of how the dynamics work here um and then and then you put yourself on that spectrum you say look i really want to be respectful i want to be and and in this workplace or in this you know this community it's this is how i i achieve that you know and so by by looking around i figure out how that fits and then i mimic right then i start putting those those um uh, behaviors into into practice that I saw, um, and then and then I observe reactions, you know, and then I see people react to the way that I'm acting, and I'm and I adjust and I refine going forward, and so I don't. It's kind of a utilitarian look at politeness, and I don't think it's I don't think politeness is just utilitarian. I don't think we only are polite in order to achieve an end. I do believe that politeness can can be an end into it unto itself, um, but I do think that. Um, that it's it's useful to consider, you know, what uh, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish, um, and uh, and and make the adjustments accordingly. Good, uh, yeah, I think it's a sensible approach. So, yes. if you're at a dinner with a girl that you're dating, which none of us are and haven't been in a long time, but um, <laughs> I still date my girl. Hey, nice. <laughs> Dang it, Cameron, you know, just show me up, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're going to act, uh, you know, you're going to act nicer. Um, most likely, you're, you're going to try to show your best self. And, and so if you consider that 
that is your best self and, and, and under those situations you're trying to put uh, put off your your best um qualities um that should be something that you then can hopefully adjust and, and refine to, to be able to use in other scenarios as well right um when you're uh, at a level of heightened awareness you are more aware of of what's uh your own flaws and that's a good opportunity then to um hopefully work on those mm-hmm I want to um, take a moment here to call out everyone who's listening for what I think is an under-considered source of rudeness. In, not, uh, not donating to our podcast? That's right. Terribly rude. Come on. If you're listening, uh, ooh, I, we ought to do like, like one of those tele, um, telethon. Three, three, oh, three, oh. Now we're on the air for 14 more hours and uh, <laughs> please call it at 555-555. Operators are standing by and they will be polite to you. But no, the um, a, a the brave new world of politeness is cell phone use and device use. And one of the things that I think people aren't thinking about is the way that cell phone use and, and devices in general dilute our interactions with the people we love and the people around us. Um, I, you know, think about the last time you were, you know, having a conversation with your wife, um, your friend, a roommate, a neighbor or family member, and you were checking your phone while you were talking to them, you know, that, that dilutes the, the conversation, your responses are delayed and, uh, clear or muddy the message you send is you're you know you're not worth my undivided attention and none of us intentionally i think send that message but that's a message that we often send uh, so anyways i've been thinking about that in my own life and how maybe i need to change some of my habits and just have times where i just have my phone put away completely you know the, from when i get home until you know this point in the day so that i can give my attention undivided to the people around me. Um, anyways, thoughts? I, I yeah. definitely uh, can see where you're going with that. I can uh, do a relation to this actually with myself. Um, sometimes as I'm falling asleep in bed, um, I like to listen to one of my audiobooks or I like to play um, a game on my phone. And oftentimes my wife likes to talk to me while I'm doing that. And sometimes I feel myself frustrated that she wants to carry a conversation on with me because I want to <laughs> the phone. And I'm like, well, Where's that is like, the, that's the dumbest thing ever. Why would I feel frustrated that she wants to talk to me and I, you know, you know, spend time with me. So it's, yeah. it, I find, you know, it's a very relatable thing. You know, sometimes you can mm -hmm. feel irritated, like, well, I'm doing something and it's like, I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just relaxing. <laughs> and it's sure. actually more relaxing talking to my, you know, my spouse, my partner, you know? Right. So <laughs> put down that phone and actually relax and enjoy your, your family, your spouse. You know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think it, that's a good point. I think sorry, it is. Cameron, could you say it one more time? I, I was checking my phone. Um, okay. Oh. Okay. 
no, it's awkward. I do think it's kind of one of the, this is a scenario where we're having um, cultural changes, right? And I think that they are generally, um, you know, not to the good. They're very deleterious to our interaction as, as a society. They are, um, and, uh, and yeah, so, but I do think it's becoming more accepted that, oh yeah, he's on his phone. Like, okay, I'm going to go on my phone. Like we don't need it. And, and we just kind of tune each other out and it's yeah. kind of kind of expected. And so it's not as impolite now as it used to be, which is, I think, unfortunate. And I think we're, we're reaping the, the, uh, the effects of, of that type of, uh, lack of uh, ability to interact in a way that is meaningful mm-hmm. um and i you know i went out all the time and this goes harkens back to a m- many uh months ago podcast where we talked about the twitter mob um <laughs> where you know there is no expectation of any type of uh, polite interaction on the internet right um even mm-hmm. on facebook uh you know where you uh, at, you know these are f- if, at most friends of a friend you know that's the furthest distance away generally you're going to comment on th- something and i've seen literally shouting screaming matches in as much as capital all words capitalized is just a shouting match um <laughs> you know and and there's just there's no expectation of of like okay this person is also a human and clearly a friend of my friend and let me not uh you know put consecutive curse words uh, together uh, calling them names because they uh, are of a different uh, mind than I am you know mm-hmm. there's no there's no expectation of privacy there's no idea of what we're going to accomplish because the only thing that's being accomplished is let me let me scream my opinion uh, in, into the the void um, and so yeah this I, I think a lot of this is having bad effects as far as what uh, what we what we uh, strive for as far as being polite and being able to understand other people's uh, cultures and, and their, their point of view. And, and as a teacher, let me just point out and say that we culturally seem to be embracing this huge social experiment with our children in tow with very little consideration. You know, I, I think it would be wise to, to consider that it might be good to let a child develop their social norms without all of this complication of of social media and technology before we start giving them, you know, oh, here's a phone for you or here's, you know, a device. You know, yep. we, we just haven't yep. really considered deeply, I think, and and our kids are going to pay for that. Yeah. And I also think that, that that there's there's that end of the spectrum where where, where yeah where we're essentially telling people to zone out and just go, um, you know, where where there there is no there is no expectation of particular politeness. But there's also the the flip side of it that, um, you know, we, uh, we kind of get cut off from people and we don't have the ability to uh, to resolve issues in a face-to-face manner we're kind of scared to do that and so we uh, on the internet we all scream at each other and then when we go face-to-face we don't talk about anything meaningful because how could we do that um mm-hmm. you know we can't you can't talk politics you can't talk religion you can't talk i mean heck you can't even talk sports anymore without offending people right so um, <laughs> so this idea that we can't like engage and interact and like you give me your opinion and I give you my opinion. And we, and we come to a kind of, we obviously we're searching for a truth here and not just a bunch of opinions. Um, and, uh, and so I, that, that I think is becoming lost this idea of everyone's offended at everyone else's ideas. Uh, and so you have to go anonymous screaming to everyone, um, on the internet because there's no other way to do it. <laughs> yeah. You're that Google set up monitors on their, uh, 
for their forums, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it was in the New York Times a couple days ago that uh, Google, um, they've decided their online forums have gotten out of control mm. and are swaying politics and things like that. So they're actually putting up moderators and stuff like that, and they can't talk about politics anymore at work. Anyway, um, I was actually going to kind of, I was thinking about the cell phone. I was thinking of cell phone accessories. And um, I think we're losing a lot of, um, like, if you walk into your room and you see someone with headphones on, it's a clear nonverbal cue that they don't want to be bothered. Whereas everyone is wearing headphones now, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, you got the AirPods. Changing things. Like the other day, I totally thought this guest was talking to me while I was checking him in. Or, you know, I thought he had hung up his call because I could see (laughs) that he was talking. And then I thought he started talking to me because he turned and was like talking, you know, kind of the same thing. And he's like, oh, no, sorry, that was the call. And I was like, I'm sorry. You know, it's just... (laughs) Right. Yes. You know, the, so, uh, that's a good point. I, I, I have great, you know, random things that happen to me about like stuff like that all the time, you know, and I get it. And a lot, uh, my favorites, like, they're like, uh huh, like they're talking and we're like, I'm so sorry. This is going, you know, and, you know, we do this kind of pass <laughs> for while they're on this conference call or, you know, this important thing. And I, I understand that and we accommodate that. You know, that's definitely showing some manners, but, you know, we go back to our parents' time, you know, or I'm checking in an old person or something like, or an older individual. And if I receive a call and try to answer and even to put them on hold, sometimes they're greatly offended to see even that I did that because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in front of you. You need to engage me. I'm the most important person to you right now. Uh So there's... Definitely, even, you know, within the culture, you know, you have to understand who you're talking to. So it's just find it very interesting. You know, just in my job, I, there's lots of little nuances that just. So if I do answer the phone, depending on the generation, I'm like, I'm just going to answer the phone and tell, put them on hold. And then I'll get back to you. Sometimes that's what I say. So they understand that I still acknowledge that, that they're my priorities. So right. it's kind of an interesting little thing that we get. Have created for ourselves with you know our earpods and for sure yeah I think that's really interesting. Um, okay, I think that we're gonna need to wrap up here. So any any final words, Tim? Well, I think one last thing that no, nope. uh, all right, you're done. Okay, oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, we need to go back to Victorian era manners. Korean era? Is that what you said? Korean era manners. Uh, what what are you you said korean right victorian era (laughs) victorian (laughs) korean you know same thing i've heard that koreans can be quite polite so you know (laughs) victorian Victorian. okay i'm gonna put in one going away plug for apologies they're always a great way for example carl i'm sorry i said shut your face yeah you should be that was rude Uh, I would not apologize to you, Tim. World got loose. All your nuts. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think this has been very uh, informative and interesting and thought provoking. So let's go out there and try to or be. Suggested. We're amazing. That's true. 
you know what I think? I, think I am more should. amazing than every one of you, and, and I will try to condescend to speak to you again in the future. Don't worry, it's how I was raised, Cameron. <laughs> our listeners should post their comments on our page. That Ooh, would be good. Polite comments, or no all caps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, and we'll see you guys next podcast back here. And uh, until then, send lots of money. Yay. All right.